Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays, wherever you may be across this great country or around the world. Thank you for supporting Outkick. Go click like and subscribe on YouTube. I love all of you YouTube crew out there. Thank you for supporting Outkick. Good news, as Outkick continues to grow, you can now find OutKick. Maybe you've never seen it before. We now have an OutKick tab on foxnews.com, which is one of the most popular websites in the world. Foxnews.com is. Uh, you can go, if you go scroll across the top of the screen at foxnews.com, boom, there is a link to OutKick. There we grow again. That is because of all the support you guys are giving us. Thank you. Uh, for continuing to find us and consume our content wherever you may be arriving from. So, good news. I have been fired up for some time about all of the failures surrounding COVID and the fact that there's been very little of a reckoning associated with those. Last night, in the Chicago mayoral elections, we got a reckoning. As Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, was eviscerated in the Chicago mayoral race, not even making the runoff. In particular, Lori Lightfoot, who won election in Chicago with 73% of the vote, winning all 50 neighborhood precincts in the process in her election. Four years later, only got 17% of the vote. She went from 73% of voters supporting her to 17% of voters supporting her. So, I want to give credit. You guys know me. Big diversity and inclusion guy. I want to make sure we don't neglect congratulating Lori Lightfoot on the biggest ass-kicking that any black lesbian incumbent mayor has ever received in the history of the United States. It was a big deal that she won the election as a black lesbian. I think it's also a seminal moment in diversity and inclusion annals that we not neglect to point out that she has now been defeated as a black lesbian mayor more than any black lesbian mayor ever has in the history of this fair nation. 83% of voters who cast ballots in the city of Chicago's mayoral election said the incumbent mayor, Maury Lightfoot, is so bad at her job that I'm going to vote for someone else. Only 17% of Chicagoans voted for her. She is the first Chicago mayor to lose as an incumbent since 1979 and 80, over two generations. That roughly was when your boy was born, to put that in context. Uh, Lori Lightfoot has said, what do you think the reason was that she said she lost? Racism, sexism, 
Go figure. Chicago wasn't ready for a black mayor, except they loved her four years ago and they were fine with a black lesbian mayor. And then they saw that the black lesbian mayor was like uh, the the white uh, gay dude who's in charge of transportation and the black lesbian mayor who's in charge of White House communications, the White House press spokesperson. And they saw the half Indian, half, uh, half black vice president female And they said, can we just stop with giving people jobs because of their identity and just actually elect people who are competent and aren't awful at their jobs? And so 83% of Chicago voters, very left-wing liberal voters by and large, said, Lori Lightfoot, you're done. Now, what I also think is funny about this is, and this was my same argument I made back in 2016. The reason Donald Trump won election in 2016 was because a bunch of people voted for Barack Obama for president in 2008 and 2012 and then flipped and voted for Donald Trump in 2016. And the media came out and said, oh, it's racism. This is what Trump did. This is what racists do. And my question was, wait a minute. If all of these dudes and all these women out there voted for Barack Obama as a black president, why would they suddenly become racist when Trump was running for office and those millions of people who voted for both and swung the election outcomes? Wasn't it probably just that they liked Trump better than Hillary and it had nothing to do with racism? Of course it was. And the same thing is true of Lori Lightfoot. She got 73% of the vote in the Chicago mayoral race when she won election. People believed that she was someone who could make their city better. They didn't suddenly become racist and sexist as they went from supporting her with 73% of the vote to supporting her with only 17% of the vote. Lori Lightfoot got wiped out because she was an awful mayor. Her overall identity didn't matter at all in this case. And I think that is a sign that this woke identity politics era is under siege and will be gone, I think it's going to get blown up in a big way in 2024. I'm writing a book about it. This is not just a casual happenstance idea. As soon as I finish this show today, I'm going to go sit down at my uh, desk and start working on the latest revisions for my book, which right now is scheduled to be out on September 12th and I believe will be an immediate bestseller. But a little bit of a tease there. Um... Did you see the FBI director has decided to go speak, Christopher Wray has, to Brett Baer on Fox News? Uh, And Christopher Wray, who has done, I think, kind of a disastrous job, to be fair, as a FBI director, said something that's fairly significant, and that is that the FBI also believes that COVID leaked from a Chinese lab. This is in conjunction with what the Department of Energy said, I believe everybody now is going to join your boy who has been arguing for years now that the data reflected it was very likely that COVID came out of a Chinese lab and that it made sense if you just consider it in terms of motivations. Why would the Chinese lie if this had come from an animal? Why would we not have seen the animal that this came from if this were the case? No, no. COVID came out of a Chinese lab. All right? We unfortunately, in the United States helped to fund Chinese 
gain-of-function research with American tax dollars that was distributed by Dr. Anthony Fauci, who, in my opinion, should face criminal charges for lying in front of Congress. Uh, Dr. Fauci then engaged in a cover-up of the fact that his tax dollars had helped to create COVID by immediately trying to get all these other scientists to agree with him that there was no basis to believe that this was a lab leak and that they were going to uh, stamp down anyone who argued otherwise. And what you're seeing now is years later, all of a sudden, people are circling back around and recognizing that boy, people like me who just looked at the basic data and said, I think the most likely outcome is this leaked from a Chinese lab. Everybody's going to end up on our side before all is said and done. And you're already seeing media run for the hills and say, well, the reason that I couldn't believe it was because Donald Trump told me that it was true. Well, let me just tell you something. Even your most hated political rival, you have to be willing to presume that they might be right. You have to be willing to look at the data and make rational decisions, even if that means sometimes you're on the same side as someone that typically you wouldn't be. I look at data all the time. What did I come on yesterday, last night? I went on Fox News and I said, hey, Whoopi Goldberg's right. It is a tragedy that we are changing the way that, uh, that these books are being edited, right? Roald Dahl, Ian Fleming, the James Bond movies, James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's a wide-ranging attempt to artificially change what initially was in those books. And I saw this and I thought, this is even scarier and I need to talk about it on the Clay and Buck show tomorrow. Um, what's wild about this is uh, when you look at it, they're not only changing, this is a report that I saw, they're not only changing um, what is existing in new physical copies that you buy, they're going into the Kindle and altering the digital copies of books, according to reports, that you bought. Think about how crazy that is. If you read on your phone and you bought a book through Amazon Kindle, they are going in with these rolled doll books and changing the words in the book after you already bought it in the digital file. That is some big brother scary level stuff that we shouldn't allow to happen. So... The FBI now is saying, yeah, it came out of a Chinese lab. This is an interview with Brett Baer on Fox News. Um, simultaneously, late last night, early this morning, a what I would classify as a blockbuster story was also dropped at the Washington Post. That story let it be known that many top FBI agents disapproved of the Department of Justice decision to raid Mar-a-Lago. In fact, they got into screaming matches, according to the Washington Post, about whether or not these raids should happen or whether they should just work in concert with Donald Trump. And guess what? The FBI agents, and I want to make sure I get this guy's name right because he made the right choice here, according to this report in the Washington Post. Um, he made the right report, made the right decision. Um, and... That decision was that there shouldn't be a raid of Mar-a-Lago. A week before the Mar-a-Lago raid, back in August, and I'm reading from the Washington Post, 
uh, there was a meeting uh, that occurred at the FBI offices, and there was an argument about whether or not there should be a raid there. Uh, a week before the raid, Department of Justice officials met uh, with the FBI officials. Prosecutors brought them, I'm reading from the Washington Post, a draft search warrant argued FBI had no choice but to search Mar-a-Lago as soon as possible with that warrant. Stephen D'Antono, and I might be mispronouncing that, he was the head of the FBI's Washington field office running the investigation on behalf of the FBI, was, quote, adamant the FBI should not do a surprise search. Uh, he said he would agree to lead that raid only if he was ordered to by the Department of Justice. Uh, and said that it had to be, if there was going to be a search, consensual. Tempers ran high. Brat and the FBI agents were screaming at each other at some point over what the decision would be here. It's a very bad look for Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice. So in the same day that Christopher Ray did this interview and let it be known that they believe COVID leaked from a Chinese lab, simultaneously, the FBI is letting it be known that they disagreed with the Mar-a-Lago raid, many of their top officials did, uh, of Donald Trump's residence. And guess what? I think this FBI officer is correct. This is why I've been arguing, and I've been saying this for a long time. I don't ever buy into the idea that any organization is filled completely with awful people. I think there are a lot of really good FBI agents that want to catch bad guys. I really do. I think that is the vast majority of them. But I think the FBI has been polluted by Joe Biden's Department of Justice, which I believe is probably the most political Department of Justice of all time. And they are engaging in acts that are utterly without precedent. They raided the home of a former president of the United States when their own FBI disagreed with that decision. That is indefensible. I told you at the time that it happened that Merrick Garland was breaking precedent and that his choices were utterly indefensible. And I also told you that, thankfully, Joe Biden has his own classified document scandal, so I suspect that the end result, particularly now as we have reached March, is going to end up being sometime in the summer we're going to get a finger-wagging press conference from Merrick Garland where he says he's not going to bring charges against anyone and this whole story is going to go away. They thought they were going to get Trump. Then Biden stepped into it and made it such a mess that that became impossible. And that is why I suspect that in the summer, we will get July or August, maybe as close to July 4th as you can get so the story basically vanishes, Merrick Garland coming out, wagging his finger, and basically washing his hands of this entire story. Because remember, Republicans are going to start voting in January. And I don't think that they are going to bring charges against Trump while he is running for political office. So that is my prediction of how that's going to go. Bill Maher came out recently. We played the audio for you on Clay and Buck. And said basically that anybody can get canceled in like two seconds. There is some truth to that, I believe. Uh, and I think that's certainly true in the context of, I don't know how many of you paid attention to the Scott Adams controversy. He is the Dilbert comic creator. Uh, he's been very active on social media for some time. Has a lot of 
what I would say are interesting opinions. He's not particularly committed to any one political ideal based on what I have seen. Tends to be in support of free speech. Uh, And he came out and said some things on YouTube and almost immediately got canceled. And everybody in the media immediately characterized it as racist. And my thing in general is, I don't think the media should make values judgments, right? Tell me what someone said and you can let me make my determination about whether it's racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, whatever it is. I don't like the idea that the media, which now happens in this post-Trump era, weighs in and tells me what I'm supposed to think about a particular issue. Lay out what's said. You can make the allegation that someone else is making, but I don't like the idea that the headline is Scott Adams fired for racist commentary. I want to know what he actually said. Allegedly racist commentary, insensitive commentary, however you want to classify it. I, as the reader, should make that determination, not you as the editor, not you as the writer. I'll share my opinion if it's an opinion piece, but if it's a straight news piece, I don't think it should have values judgments like that. But here's my answer. And I said a little bit of this on the radio show just a you know a couple hours ago. I get asked all the time. Somebody comes up to me and they say, hey, Clay, I've got a 15-year-old. They love what you do. They want to grow up. And in 30 years, they want to be doing what you're doing. In 30 years, you know, I'll be 70 some odd years old and there'll be a new generation of people in their early 40s, late 30s who are super opinionated talking about whatever they believe. They say, how do you do it? My answer is read all the time, okay? Read everything that you can. Develop your ability to analyze facts, opinion, lightning fast manner because that's what I have to do. But also consider owning the means of your distribution, by which I mean this. Bill Maher's right. It is very easy to get canceled in today's culture. Uh, The Dilbert comic doesn't exist now in any major newspaper. They all canceled Scott Adams almost immediately. Even President Trump, when it came to every social media account that he had, they all canceled him simultaneously. There are a lot of cowards, and many companies want to act in concert immediately. The way to protect yourself with cancel culture, people say, you say exactly what you think, Clay. Yeah, people have tried to cancel me for my entire career. The biggest asset that I ever had was I owned OutKick. And you may have seen me joke about that over the years because people would regularly say, OutKick needs to fire Clay Travis because they didn't like some opinion that I had shared. You have to control your own company in order to make yourself truly uncancelable. And this is so important. If you own a company, you can say and do whatever you want as long as that company is successful, as long as you can make a living from it. And the smartest thing I ever did was found OutKick in 2011 because it allowed me to have complete control over my future and what I could or could not say. And uh, so I would say out there, if you're a kid and you're thinking about wanting to do what I do somewhere in the future, you need to figure out a way, in my opinion, to own a business, own a content distribution mechanism 
by which you become uncancelable, right? Uh, I don't own OutKick anymore. I sold it to Fox two years ago. But that is what allowed me to have complete editorial freedom and complete freedom in everything that I say. To their credit, Fox has owned OutKick for two years. They haven't said a word to me about any political opinion, about any sports opinion. You can't do that. Don't do that. They, they haven't. They've given me complete autonomy. I give them tremendous credit. But I don't know that that happens if I'm 25 or 26 years old and I hadn't already owned OutKick for a decade and been active out in the social sphere, in the media sphere, right? So I think that is the key, owning your own distribution mechanism. And it doesn't have to be a media company. You could own a bank. You could own a, uh, you could own a car lot. Being self-employed and owning the mechanism by which you get your paycheck is the best way to protect yourself from cancel culture. Now, you still have to run a successful business, which can be a cha- challenge in and of itself. But if you stroke the checks, if you are the boss, you ain't going to fire yourself. That's the best way to economic freedom. Um, and, uh, and that would be my suggestion to any kids out there who are thinking about the best way to combat cancel culture. Um, a couple of sports stories out there. Jalen Carter who is an incredibly talented Georgia defensive player, has charges that have been brought about him involved in the fatal crash in Athens in the wake of the celebration of the Georgia Bulldogs winning the the championship. Uh, In particular, Jalen Carter is charged uh, with reckless driving and racing as it pertains to that car accident in the early hours of January 15th. By the way, I believe I'm correct. January 15th, also the same day uh, that there was the shooting in Tuscaloosa. This is a rough day for off-the-field, off-the-court-related violence uh, and uh, awfulness in the SEC. Uh, That there was a uh, high rate of speed, uh, and he has been charged, again, with reckless driving and racing, Uh, in that accident. Remember, the other car veered off the road and people died in that vehicle. Carter projected to be a top five pick. At the time that this story broke, he was in Indianapolis preparing for the combine uh, and his interviews there. Uh, He is defensive tackle, in case you haven't forgotten. Uh, He also is accused of lying to Athens police as he first told them he was not near the accident later told police he was traveling next to the speeding vehicle, and there are reports uh, that speeds could have exceeded 100 miles an hour. Also, alcohol, uh, a a substantial factor in uh, potentially, certainly the people who wrecked, but also others. Uh, Jalen Carter says uh, in a statement, uh, after not appearing in uh, Indianapolis, It's my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me to make certain the complete and accurate truth is presented. Numerous media reports have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15, 2023. Carter said police from Athens called him about the two warrants for his arrest. So, We will see what ends up taking place here. Charges have been brought. 
the uh, the uh, NFL draft, I believe, is in May. Uh, certainly coming up very soon. We've now entered into March. Alabama fans are in an uproar. Compare this to Brandon Miller. How do you... Well, these aren't very similar, right? Brandon Miller wasn't charged with any crime, despite the fact that I believe he has behaved in a reckless and negligent fashion, as you heard me discuss yesterday, based on his own statement from his defense attorney and what we have seen come out in court so far. So I believe that Brandon uh, Miller should have been charged in that incident. Here, Jalen Carter has been charged. We'll see what ends up transpiring with these charges, but I would think that they would significantly impact, at a minimum, uh, his draft stock going forward, especially if they are not resolved before the NFL draft. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now, save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, Another story is out there. It's not good. Uh, Ja Morant uh, is, and I'm going to pull up, I saw this, I believe it was in the Washington Post um, as well. Ja Morant has been dealing with uh, a lot of stories out there that are very negative off the court. Remember, we talked about this a little bit on the program there's an allegation that John Morant and some members of his crew confronted, I believe it was the Indiana Pacers, uh, some members of the Pacers, after a game at FedEx uh, uh, Forum in Memphis and that they were alleged to have pulled guns and and the guns had the uh, red tracers on them and that they had been pointed at members of the Pacers team and staff. NBA investigated Uh, And that story was out there. Now there are additional stories. Uh, This is from Molly Hensley Clancy. It's an exclusive at the Washington Post. There's a string of incidents dating from last summer. Morant and people close to him, and I'm reading from the article, have been accused of threatening, even violent behavior. These are based on police records obtained by the Washington Post. Last summer, the head of security at a Memphis mall told police Morant threatened him during an altercation in the parking lot, uh, so alarmed that he called a police, he filed a police report. Uh, A member of Morant's group shoved the director in the head. No arrests made. Four days later, Morant uh, repeatedly punched a teenage boy in the head during a pickup basketball game at Morant's house, uh, the boy told police. Morant and his friend struck the 17-year-old so hard they knocked him to the ground and left him with a big knot, large knot on the side of his head, according to a police report uh, that said that they saw the boy's injuries. A teenager told the detectives from Shelby County after the fight, Morant went into his house, came back out with a gun visible in the waistband of his pants and his hand on the weapon. In an interview, 
Morant said he acted in self-defense. I swung first because he believed the boy had been the aggressor because he threw a ball at Morant's head and then stepped toward him. The ball was, to me, the first hit, Morant told police. Uh, Morant was asked about flashing a gun, uh, was mentioned. They didn't ask him. Morant told police as the boy left, he shouted, I'm going to come back and light this place up like fireworks. Um, Morant filed a police report as well. Uh, And again, prosecutors reviewed the case, declined to file charges. Neither incident had been public. But again, this ties in. Morant's agent said this is unsubstantiated rumors and gossip um, and uh, that this was a mess. Uh, The boy and his mother have filed a lawsuit and uh, the existence uh, uh, was reported by TMZ. Um, So we'll see what exactly happens there. Uh, The NBA uh, and the Grizzlies declined to comment, basically, and all of this is tied together uh, by what's going on. So this is a sort of a messy situation that is out there surrounding surrounding these allegations. Um, And so anyway, this is interesting. Uh, and, And this story about the kid goes over to play at John ja Morant's house and he is guarding John ja Morant. Uh, says Morant threw the ball hard at the boy's chest as he attempted to check it in. The boy threw it back just as hard. The ball, they said, slipped through Morant's hands and hit his chin. The teenager told police Morant then put his chin on the boy's shoulder and asked his friend, do I do it to him? The friend replied, yeah, do it. Morant then punched the boy in his jaw and without warning, the friend struck him on the other side and he fell to the ground. He said he started getting hit, punched in my head, everything else. He says, jaw hit me like 12 to 13 times and that the friend also hit him four or five times. When police asked how hard the punches landed, he said it was like an MMA bout. After the men were pulled off of him, Morant went inside. The boy got up to leave. Again, I'm reading from the Washington Post. As the boy was going to his car, he said Morant came outside with his gun tucked into his pants and uh, his dad was yelling at him like, no, 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 go back, go back in the house. So so anyway, this is a mess. Uh, The boy's mother filed a police report. Again, he was 17 years old, had him checked out by paramedics, took him to the hospital. Uh, This happened back in September, two weeks after the statement. Uh, Morant said he had to protect himself. Uh, Morant said, I swung first, but he said the ball was the first uh, swing. So um, this is a mess. Uh, So we'll see exactly what ends up happening. They have filed a lawsuit, uh, but this is a uh, messy situation uh, for John Morant, especially as it it would, I would say, involves as well uh, the allegation about what happened after the game uh, surrounding him. Final story here that I have written down to talk about. Savannah Guthrie of the Today Show has tested positive for COVID again. Are they still testing people at NBC for the Today Show? 
She showed up for work. They sent her home. She has had COVID, I think, three times now, certainly multiple times. And I just have to say to everyone out there with a functional brain, why in the world are you still testing for COVID? This is illogical, nonsensical, and patently absurd. Stop being ridiculous and stop it today. All right. I appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis, and this has been Outkick, the show.